brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Fresh out the box. California Hello and welcome to another episode of Fresh Film Fridays, the podcast where two dudes discuss the newest streaming movies or in theaters and discuss them. Today we're talking about 2021's The Unforgivable, which was directed by Nora Fingscheid. I'm your co-host Alec. <laughs> I'm Justin and today we have with us Sean from Metal Corn Nerds. Hello. Thank you for having me guys. I'm very excited for this. Thanks for being on. Sean is the first podcast guest we've had on Fresh Film Friday, and we're trying to do, I would like someone to be on for every Friday, and um, we did something new this time where I wanted to start presenting movies to you guys, and you guys can pick. So, Sean, you chose The Unforgivable with Sandra Bullock. How did you feel about this choice? I'm pretty happy with it. It's it's funny, because with the choices you gave me, my friend... He's like my best friend and we talk about pop culture and movies all the time. And he told me, he's like, this movie's actually really good if you watched it yet. And I was like, no, I haven't. So that's kind of why I picked it. Cause he was like, this movie is really good. Uh, kind of like a peek behind the curtain, but you did. One of the choices was power of the dog. And he mm. said that movie sucks. Really? Yeah. Which I've seen even I've, I've listened to some like Oscar prediction podcast and stuff. And even they were like, this movie is fine. The performances in it are good and going to get a lot of Oscar love and everything like that. But they didn't really have the best things to say about the movie. Not like it was bad. Like, I mean, he also we have very different tastes in movies, too, sometimes. So I can see myself liking it. Maybe I'm going to watch it eventually because I like to watch most of the Oscar movies anyway. Damn, so, well, it's got great reviews and it also yeah. has our boy uh, Meth Damon in it. Jesse Plemons. Oh, that dude's in everything. He is. He is in everything. <laughs> And him, and speaking of this movie, John Bernthal, that dude's been in everything this year. Or last year, sorry. Getting used to the new year. But yeah, he was in, and he was really good in everything I saw him in. Yeah, this was, um, this is a Netflix original movie, which Alec and I talk about. Um, Netflix is pretty hit or miss with their, their original titles. I <laughs> yeah. feel like, because dude, I've seen titles pop up that are Netflix originals with huge name actors. And I'm like, Oh, like this literally cannot be bad with who's in it. And then it's trash. And, yeah. <laughs> and it's, re it's really 50, 50. Like I'll watch a movie like this, for example, which I don't know. I'm not like the biggest Sandra Bullock fan. And I actually, I enjoyed it. I, I would totally agree with that. It's so wild. Cause it's, it's kind of been a big topic topic of conversation is like, what's the best streaming service. And it's kind of hard to say because obviously Disney Plus has like the heaviest hitters, but then HBO Max is just constantly putting out quality content. Like all, mm. like almost everything they put out is good for the most part. You know, it's like not like I've watched all their movies, but if it's a show and it's an HBO or an HBO Max show, 
nine times out of ten, it's gonna be really, really good. Yeah. And then Netflix, it's like it's very hit or miss, you know. Like I watched Project Power and I was like, this movie is not good. And it has Jamie Foxx and Joseph Gordon Levitt in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I would say Netflix definitely has the most quantity. Um, oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, no debating that. <laughs> I want to ask both of you, what do you guys think if you could only have one streaming platform? Oh, I hands down HBO Max, like not even a question for the, for the reason you just said, Sean, it's definitely quality over quantity with them. And then also like their library of content is so much more in line with what I like. I mean, just Viacom already having all of South Park, all of Reno 911, all of Looney Tunes and uh, Adult Swim, all that stuff. Yeah. That's what I'm into. Netflix is fine if you want to just get overwhelmed. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Dude, I think I would have to pick Disney Plus only because of the Marvel and Star Wars stuff. It's it's like I don't think I could live without that, I think. <laughs> you know, it's like I'm a big comic book person and Star Wars person. So it's it's hard to live without that. But it's hard to pick over HBO Max, too, because HBO Max has so much good shit. Like, I'm watching The Leftovers right now, which I've never watched before. Oh, Someone yeah. who was on my show was like, you need to watch Leftovers, you'll love it. And I I do. So it's it's so hard. Because they do. Like, they just put another movie that was in the choice was The Last Duel, and that just went up there. And I was like, oh, shit. I can watch it. Sick. I'm stoked to watch it now. Because I probably would have just rented it, I guess. But it was in theaters for, like, two seconds. Like, literally. Yeah. Two seconds. I... I watched half of it yesterday. It was slow. It was pretty slow. Mm. Dude, I don't know what it is. I guess getting off topic. The <laughs> the last duel had hands down the best medieval fighting scenes I have ever seen. Ever, like ever? Yeah. Like if you like knights and like King Arthur-esque type movies, this had the best medieval conflict I've ever seen. Adam Driver was fantastic. I could not take Matt Damon seriously in that role. I but you that. know. I digress from from the unforgivable. <laughs> yeah. So, guys, I didn't yeah. know Vincent D'Onofrio and John Bernthal were even in this. Me either. I was completely surprised. Yeah, and Viola Davis. I know. I was like, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> She's in this too? Oh, did you know who else was in it? Um, I'll give you guys a hint from the original 1990s It. Was that him? Yes. Are you sure, dude? Yeah, I'm literally, it's on IMDb. <laughs> I thought that was John Ritter, dude, for some reason. In no. It. I, yeah, okay. Richard Thomas, he was Billy, I think? Yes. Yeah, yeah, Whoa. exactly. That's who I thought it was, too. From the 1990s, Whoa. it, yeah. Who was he? He was the uh, the dad, the adopted dad. Oh, wow. That's yeah. crazy. And I know that the mom is, she's in stuff. I don't know her name, like, by name. I know she's in other things. Like, she seemed yeah. familiar. I was like, oh, yeah, I've seen her in things. I've I've seen her around, too. And the, the only reason I recognized him, Alec, is because we did It uh, 2 the other day, and I, all, I had to watch all three of them in the same week, so I got very oh. accustomed to that. Yeah. But, uh, wow. Sean, what did you think about this film? I liked it a lot. I wouldn't say like I loved it, but I, I really, really liked it. I was surprised for one by the cast. Like I did not know who was in it was in it. And that was like really cool to see, you know, like Vincent D'Onofrio, Viola Davis and John Bernthal play these really cool supporting casts in this, in this movie. And it was a really sad movie. <laughs> it's like obviously yeah. like insanely <laughs> depressing. And as the more it unfolds, you're like, wow, this is even sadder than I thought it would be. Yeah, <laughs> it ends very well. 
I was kind of surprised. I was like, oh, it's over. Okay. (laughs) It kind of comes out of nowhere in a way, but it it resolves the things I think you'd want to resolve. And it was cool. I mean, like Sandra Bogues in Bird Box, which is obviously like a horror drama movie, but it was Mm -hmm. cool to see her in such a serious role and like kill it. Because like Sandra Bogues movies can be hit or miss. I know obviously she's in a lot of like rom-coms and shit like that. So it's, you know, some some rom-coms obviously aren't the best things ever. A lot of them are the same movie over and over. I'm a hey. sucker for some for some rom coms. <laughs> Miss Congeniality too. It's a John, it's a genre trope. You know I'm what I mean? Like you know. <laughs> um, I mean, I love the proposal. I think I'm, I think that movie's amazing. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying that movie's great. Yeah, I've got but it, but it was cool. It's, it's kind of like almost she kind of got not like lost in the shuffle, but like I feel like I haven't heard her name since Bird Box. I think that's like the last time I remember her name popping up. And yeah. I knew that movie's sort of divisive, I guess. I don't know. People either like, they're like, yeah, it was cool. Or like, nah, I didn't like it. You know, I guess it wasn't really anything. I know it was a big hit for Netflix. And mm. I think they're supposed to make a sequel. I don't remember. She did Gravity not too long ago. Wasn't that before Bird Box? That was, oh, yeah. That was like, I want to say like 2014 now. At this that point. movie is anxiety personified. Yeah. I saw that in theaters and I was like, I want to die inside. But it, that movie was cool. <laughs> She reminds me of, like, Matthew McConaughey, kind of, like, his career. Like, oh. she did a bunch of kind of shitty rom-coms just to get her name out there. Everybody knows who she was. Then she comes out with, like, Gravity, Blindside, Bird Box. Like, she, yeah. you know, she's she's a good actress. And this movie, oh, yeah. that's the one thing you, you can't say about this movie. The acting is good from everybody. Everybody does go, do a good job. Yes, very good. I also find it very ironic that Vincent D'Onofrio was a lawyer. Why? Because he played Kingpin. And Matt yeah. Murdock is dude, a lawyer. Dude, he was in Law and Order for like 150 years. <laughs> he was a lawyer on that show. <laughs> dude, I just speaking thought it was of funny, which... man. I don't know. <laughs> and Punisher's in the movie too. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It's so weird to see Vincent D'Onofrio with hair after Kingpin. Like he <laughs> yeah, just looks. I just it just looks weird. I don't know. And him have oh. like a soft, like calming voice almost when when he's Kingpin. It's like very like that gravelly and intimidating voice like him saying playing this kind of like gentle caring lawyer was yeah. amazing to see honestly i was like damn like this dude is awesome like i love so, this guy this movie because alec and i just reviewed pig last week did you see Ooh. pig sean yeah i liked it a lot okay i'm happy you saw it because now you'll you'll understand my references this movie kind of reminded me of pig where i spent the whole movie like kind of not liking sandra bullock because i'm like dude she like murdered the sheriff and then we find out in the end just like um nicholas cage so she's actually not the bad guy right yeah she took one for her sister that was an amazing twist yeah yeah i felt like it was a necessary twist because i was like 80 percent into it and i paused it and i was like where is this going (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah i know why I, I'm just kind of curious, like, obviously, you don't want to pin this on a five-year-old, but, like, the five-year-old's not going to go to jail for, like, you know, I mean, it might turn into, like, a Michael Myers situation where they put her in, like, an institution and they think she's a serial killer, but, like, I don't know. Why would she have to go to jail for 20 years for something she didn't do if it was, mis- it was an accident? Well, I think realistically, she was probably afraid, like, the sister would go into some kind of, like, you know, state treatment thing or, like, a facility and she wanted right. to avoid that realistically i don't know what would happen if this this actually happened yeah. i think they'd probably just put her with a family if she was five years old right but like the bigger message of this film was that 
like 50 percent of the people sandra bullock came in contact with were understanding they were like hey you served your time it's been 20 years like this is you know your time to start a new life and the other half including her parole officer were like you will always be a cop killer and i thought that was really deep yeah and it's it's kind of relevant to the times in a way which is on the opposite end though because there's so many like to get sort of political i guess obviously cops have killed a lot of people and a lot of people for not good reason and not saying the reason this cop got killed was for good reason or anything like that but it's you know cops are still revered as heroes for the most of the time and never go to jail or have any consequences for killing people and then but then someone who obviously everyone know it like no one knows the full story really about this you know really she was just caring for her younger sister and they went through some real messed up stuff with their parents and you know she was just trying to protect her little sister and she was you know labeled a cop killer for the rest of her life it's like it's like such a weird both ends of the spectrum kind of thing seeing how people are are viewed differently because of their place in the world which is a very topical subject matter anyway even though it's done in the place of like a white woman or or anything like that it's just it's you can see it through that lens too and even like the, the brothers coming in and being like well you took away our dad and them not knowing the full story and them being like oh let's get even you know it's yeah. like it's a lot <laughs> like, this movie has it without like not much stuff happening i guess like a lot does happen character wise anyway yeah, it's it's funny you mentioned the brothers, too, because like when the brothers were justifying them getting back, I was thinking to myself, like, it's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause, and MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This isn't even at all. Like, this woman... <laughs> you know killed your dad supposedly you know for whatever reason right and these grown men who were probably like in their mid-30s were like hey let's go capture this like 12 year old girl and kill her and i'm like that's not fair yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. i was like what the fuck i was like that is so messed up like what are you doing like yeah and speaking of of messed up when the brother was was banging the other brother's wife i did kind of see it coming <laughs> that was away. terrible i didn't see that coming at all no, i mean either <laughs> only because they were like really close at that party Okay. Uh, okay. I know, I know. And I was like, yeah. they, I was like, they're weirdly close for 
a brother and you know like sister-in-law i was like you know usually they don't like hang out at a party like that like that's kind of i thought that was kind of weird so when i it's not like i was like oh they're he's gonna catch him fucking or something like that like i didn't i didn't telegraph it but when it happened i was like ah that makes sense (laughs) you know do you guys know who that actor is the kid the uh the brother which brother the 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 brother the brother who sleeps with the the guy's wife who has like the he did look kind of familiar it's the kid from the sandlot Whoa, Whoa, which, what? Which, which kid? Brett Smalls from The Sandlot. Oh, Whoa, dude. Hold on, I'm looking <laughs> like, at him. The main character from The Sandlot. Because I was like, who is this guy? First, I, I thought he was deaf. I thought the character was deaf because it kind of looked like they were doing sign language at first. I don't know. So uh, I looked him up. And I was like, oh, they have a deaf actor in this movie? I looked him up. I'm like, oh, he's got a mugshot. That's the first thing that comes up. I guess, I guess he got arrested. Uh, <laughs> for, like, but yeah, Sandlot kid. It's I was completely blown away. I wow. hadn't seen him in years. Anyway, sorry. Sorry to <laughs> No, that's a cool. That's a cool fun fact. And you did see that. Obviously, the the wife and the husband did not have a good relationship. They didn't really delve into why. You just saw that they didn't have a good relationship, which I kind of yeah. wish we found out why. You know? Yeah. You kind of see the one scene where they just like don't talk, and he leaves, and and then at the party, he's just kind of like, you know, they have that little fight kind of thing, and she calls him an asshole. But they never really explain like why. Like unless it was just like a thing where like oh I got this girl pregnant and that's why we're married now I guess mm. if I had to go down the rabbit hole and guess why I don't I don't know <laughs> it seemed like the father got killed the mom became an alcoholic she then lost the house the younger brother went off and got married had a family the older brother stayed and took care of her sacrificed his life and happiness to like take care of the drunk mom and yeah looks like they're cheating. <laughs> Yeah, but there's no reason. It's, but you're probably right. It's just like a high school romance that has gone on too long. Right. And it was funny how the older brother was all about, like, we need revenge. And then the younger brother was like, nah, like, what's that going to do? And then they had that one conversation. And then he's like, yeah, let's kill a 12-year-old. <laughs> right. Yeah. They changed their minds real fast on that. And, uh, Alec, I'm sure, I'm sure you recognize Rob Morgan, the parole officer. Dude, He's, is that the guy from Don't Look Up? Yeah, it's the guy from Don't Look Up. I the, thought so. He has, have you seen that, Sean? Don't yes. Look Up? Yep. Okay. Yeah, he has like a very like, his facial expressions never move. And he <laughs> just says everything in the same monotone monotone voice. And like, he's he's great at it. But like, I don't know. He was, he was the parole officer in this movie that you wanted to hate because he was kind of like a dick to her, even though she's a criminal. But yeah. then you find out she didn't really do it. I liked him. I always like him. Everything I see him <laughs> in. I love that guy. Yeah, cool. the ending cool. though. I just, I mean, because this is a huge spoiler or whatever. But <laughs> there, I, I hated it when the younger brother had the gun to the little girl's head. Obviously, this is a mistake. This is her uh, half sister, stepsister, whatever. It's not the right girl. I was so pissed off that Sandra Bullock wasn't saying anything. I was like, just say that's not her. But then I was like, oh, she doesn't know that's not her. Right? Yeah. Right. She doesn't oh. know who this is. Yeah, because she's she just saying like. Her she's like this girl has nothing to do with this because she's like probably like who the fuck is this girl like sort of thing oh wait wait but she did well, they know did that. meet oh no yeah. they did know because they did meet and she was like come see come see her play piano yeah uh, i i don't know why she didn't say anything to him maybe he would have freaked out and been like you're lying i don't know uh so but yeah she just kept saying like she has nothing to do with this you're making a mistake it's like but just say why yeah that's fair <laughs> i don't that's know. a fair point <laughs> I did kind of wonder that too. I was like, just say it's not your sister. 
<laughs> yeah, it's not even my sister. She probably just panicked. Uh, maybe she didn't want to piss him off anymore. And then he'd get mad and shoot her right. anyway. He was I mean, clearly, you know, not stable. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot easier for us to judge when, you know, there wasn't a 12-year-old's life at stake and her <laughs> life at stake with a dude with a crazy man with a gun, I guess. That's true. <laughs> That's true. I'm just kind of sitting there like, dude, stop it. Stop <laughs> it. Just, just stop just it. Stop it. It was nice that, and you can see during that that piano kind of montage of her. And also, I am a I used to play in a band, so I'm a very big stickler about musical performances and movies, and it looking like you're actually playing the instrument. Because especially mm. with people playing guitar, it's like you are not playing anything close to what's being played right now, and that's <laughs> really annoying to me. But it seemed like she actually at least knew how to play piano or knew how to fake really well. Because even like those crazy like little riffs, I was like. I was like, I don't know if that's the right because I don't know how to play piano, but I was like, it looks like the the motion matches the notes, which I was like, respect for that. <laughs> but it was cool. You kind of because the whole thing, the whole time they showed the little sister, you know, it, they kind of she kind of blocked this memory out in her mind and you could see her finally like remembering. And I thought that was really, really cool yeah. To, yeah. to see that happen. And then and then couple it with the ending when they're both hugging. I was like, man. That's a it was a good it was a good ending because I, I guess I don't really know what you could have done at the end of like you saw them like eating dinner together or something and you <laughs> saw Sandra Bullock cliche get with John Bernthal romantically or something you know like I guess they could have done that but that's just kind of a normal thing that happens in m- movies you know like it was nice to kind of just ended on that moment because what else did you really need to do you know what I mean no exactly nothing else that really need to be explored further <laughs> Justin, you know what this kind of reminded me of a little bit was uh, the the guilty. We watched that with Jake Gyllenhaal a couple months ago. It was another Netflix movie. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah. I wanted to watch it because I think Jake Gyllenhaal is the best. Well, <laughs> yeah. Kind of was like that, right? A little bit. Well, what what specifically reminded well, you? Just about like somebody that did something that we don't really know what's going on, and then having to live with that trauma. I guess I don't know. For some reason, the whole time I was watching, I was just like, hmm. Kind of reminds me a little bit of the guilty from the other side. Yeah. I mean, the sister, it sounded like the sister immediately was traumatized, obviously, from killing the cop. And then she forgot, like, between the time it happened and then breakfast time, because Sandra Bullock was like, I'm sorry, like, that happened to you. And she was like, What happened? Yeah. You know, she had no recollection. Also, one of the most touching scenes to me in this film was when she turned her back to the window while she was eating the pancake so she wouldn't see her get arrested i was like damn that was i was right in the feels (laughs) yeah that was rough (laughs) and like every time something happened that kind of triggered her ptsd of the moment i thought was really well done i'm kind of a sucker for things that are they give you a little bit in the beginning of the general idea of what's going on and they reveal more as it goes on Mm. i kind of always love those kind of things i don't know if that's just like a personal thing for me I just think it's a very interesting plot device. It's like almost like the flashback with the present scenes and they kind of lend to the story that's being told in the present while exploring something that happened in the past. I like that stuff too. So anything like that, you kind of get me in pretty easily. Can you explain then? Maybe I missed it. Like almost the first shot of the movie is some man burning something. Was that the father burning the letters that she wrote? Because she didn't burn or is that in no. her mind do you remember that justin maybe do you remember that no, i don't either? remember that i don't even remember that scene it was like the uh, first shot of the movie is like some guy outside burnt throwing stuff into a fire and it's burning and then 
I assumed it was the the uh, the letters or whatever she'd been sending, but then they're like, we didn't burn your fucking letters. So okay, I do remember that. I don't know what was being burned though. Yeah, yeah. And you see, you see the Emily girl. That's how she finds out about her. Right. Well, the the sister. She reads the letters. That's how she finds out about her. Yeah. yeah it couldn't have been the letters. I don't even remember. I I kind of watched it in chunks. I watched like a half an hour and then another half hour and then I finished it. Mm. So I don't really remember that opening scene to be honest. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I wonder what it is. I'm thinking maybe it was like when she was in jail, she's just imagining that they're burning the letters because she hasn't heard back from her, maybe, but we didn't really get a lot of examples of like fantasies in her flashbacks. It was more Yeah, what actually happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you're right though, I do like it too, where they're kind of like, you know, giving you little breadcrumbs of the story throughout the thing to make you be like, ah ha ha ha. Yeah, because it made the twist with her the sister, the young sister killing the cop. You're like, oh shit. <laughs> you right. know that it's like a very big twist in the movie you're like oh didn't see that one coming nice <laughs> yeah i did not see that coming at all and then also when she went you know she was like kind of dating john bernthal and then when we when they were at breakfast and she told him what she did which i'm gonna be completely honest if if you took the rap for something for your younger sister that you didn't actually do like if you didn't actually kill the cop you don't have to like tell people that you did it if you didn't do it right do you, do you mean initially or like 20 years later? Be like, it was her like, the whole time. If she spent 20 years in jail and now she's on a date with some guy. I would just tell someone like, yeah, like I took the blame for my sister. But you could also think like, okay, well, you've had 20 years in prison to come up with this story. Like you could also like look at it from that way. If you were dating her, you'd be like, mm, you could just be making this up. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah. I mean, she did the time. She was in jail for half of her life. It's kind of hard to be like, oh, yeah, I covered for my sister. You'd be like, what the f- what do you mean? Yeah, <laughs> you know, like what are you talking about? Us seeing it as the audience, we're just like, oh yeah, yeah, believe her, John. But like, if I was John, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, thanks for saying that. But like, I don't know if that's <laughs> yeah, because e- even like the when we get the reveal of the sister when she's having that alter, like almost like you know verbal altercation with Viola Davis's character, she kind of pieces it together. She didn't even say it. She's like, I did it, you know. But you could say like, you know, she was only five and. and she pieced together it like she never yeah. said it out loud. It's yeah. probably like she's like, I never want to tell anyone what actually happened, even though she mm. like kind of did. She figured it out, but she's like, yeah. I- I'm going to stick to the story. I'm not going to put any of this. Like, even if they reconnect, I highly doubt she'll ever be like, yeah, I covered for you or anything like that. You know? Yeah. I was yeah. kind of waiting for the the moment where she, oh. they talked to the parents and she's like, I actually covered for her or something like that. Like, I, I that's kind of a scene I would have liked to see. Maybe. I don't, I don't know if you needed it, I guess. I don't know. She's just, she's basically burned it into her mind so that nothing could ever fall back on her sister. Right. And I think that was a great scene when John Berthold told her that the reason like breakfast essentially ended was because he's also a con and they right. couldn't like, you know, and it's kind of funny because like she spent half of her life in jail for something she didn't do. She finally meets a guy who like, she's, she's kind of socially awkward in the movie, but like, respectively so understandably yeah (laughs) yeah and you know she finally meets a guy he's super nice to her gives her a coat and you think like oh he's kind of a dick like he won't stay at breakfast and he you find out like it's like their love couldn't be they can't even be close to each other because like against parole or whatever right yeah yeah like you can't be near another felon or something right all right i just want to ask you guys though hold on hold on (laughs) <laughs> I'm not saying anything about like before this all happened, but like, how did we get to the sheriff shootout? I mean, 
what was Sandra Bullock's character like? I know we get to see very nice little flashbacks of them playing the piano and stuff like that, but like, how did we get there? Well, it was just them two. Right. Yeah. And then I think the sheriff, or one, one of the guys said, not the sheriff, but he was like, the bank owns this house. So I don't think they were paying their mortgage and they were going to. Right. Why? Because they had, the parents were gone. Yeah. Okay. I'm guessing she just didn't get a job or couldn't afford it because she was taking care of her sister 24 seven. She probably didn't want to leave her sister alone in this house. That's the way they kind of explained it. And yeah. e- even like when they had the, the end altercation, she was like, Oh, like we, my sister and I were going to move into your house and stuff right. like that. I was like, Oh, sh-. I was like, that's, that's like a wild revelation that just, they were going to kind of let him in is it's just, it seemed like they were kind of back into a corner with the yeah. whole, the, the whole suicide and of their dad. Right. Yeah, the dad, the, dad, did, yeah. the dad committed suicide and everything like that. And I think she was just trying to do anything she could to take care of her sister. And she just couldn't afford the house. And they were like, well, you you didn't pay. The bank owns it. We're coming in to take you out. And she was just so like, I need to do anything to protect this girl. And she's like, All you're right. not taking me out of here. I think I, like I do get like they could have kind of explained it a little more. I wouldn't have been mad at that. Entertain this idea. Just entertain this. Horrible situations, awful. You know, the situation is terrible. The father killed himself. They can't afford the house. Okay, that's really, really sucks. Sell the land, get a two bedroom apartment in the suburb outside of Seattle, and live your life. Like, why are we having a gun in a shootout? Be like, you ain't gonna take my land. Like, why is that <laughs> where we go to? I don't know. It doesn't. Plot's got a plot, man. I know, but it doesn't. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying it doesn't help us be like, yeah, Sandra Bullock's a good person. It's like, yeah, she is doing the right thing by taking care of her sister, but there's also the right thing of like, there's a financial aspect to this. I have to like abide by the law. I am still trying to take care of my sister, which <laughs> yeah. doesn't result in me going to jail for 20 years, shooting police officers. Like, it doesn't have to be this way. Well, we don't, we don't know a hundred percent that Sandra Bullock would have shot anybody because she had the gun against the wall. She didn't and, say like, it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. She did say it. the sheriff who, <laughs> it sounds like it was a small, small town. Like he offered for them to live with him. Right. Right. Which she probably should have taken that offer. It's probably the best offer for her family. Yeah. And then literally while they were on the phone, the sister grabbed the gun. You know, we don't, we don't know. Yeah. We, I don't think she would have killed anybody. I really don't. I, I don't uh, think so either. Yeah. I think she was just kind of like, you know, saying that, to, but then they're all sort of coming in the house. The other thing is, I think they showed it briefly, but like after her sister kills the police officer, she just like grabs her and runs out and everybody's just like, let her go. Let her go. Like, why, why do they do that? Well, I think the other guy was a bank guy, and then he had some, like, henchmen with him. Yeah. Uh, I think they just wanted the cops to handle it at that point. Yeah, yeah. I think one thought with that is that you just saw that this woman killed a cop. So they're probably like, do whatever you want. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's your house. Not get in the way there. See you later. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the the bank just wanted the house empty, so... (laughs) <laughs> they, they got their wish i guess oh my yeah God. <laughs> though i will say it probably doesn't benefit the bank to own a house that now has a dead cop in it but that's another story worked out well for them yeah, yeah and also i just want to point out uh <laughs> yeah, this is completely irrelevant but i had to take a bunch of criminal justice courses in school and one thing that not a lot of movies point out that i think this movie did very well was displaying how difficult it is for people in the system to like reacclimate. for example like she she got set up at that construction job and clearly one of the brothers was like, you know, she killed a cop and then she lost that job. But in order to not go back to jail, you need a job. Right. So 
between like living in that like halfway house with people doing meth right next to her and then she's got to take a bus everywhere it's not easy no yeah her getting to the bus and it like closing on her i was just like oh my god like she needed that yeah there there was like so many people trying to get in there wasn't room for everyone i was like yeah that that's a very good point you make about about the system because like the prison system is literally made to generate money and it just have people completely coming back and coming back they don't make it so when you get out it's like yeah go live a normal life they fully expect you to come back i mean i'm sure it depends on the severity of your crime but like a lot of people in those situations end up not being able to do it because it's so difficult that they either want to go back or do something and get caught and go back and it was cool because she worked two jobs and she basically did everything she needed to to avoid going back yeah and if she didn't have her sister, like she wouldn't have had any kind of thing to derail her situation because at the end of the day, it was in her court thing that said, like, you can't have any contact with these people. And she went and did that. So, like, she might be going back to jail after this. I mean, she might. Yeah. I don't want to um, think that, but like that meeting went terribly with the adopted parents. Yeah. It's yeah. Very, very bad. <laughs> Though I will I will say the dad was a dick. He was a dick. Yeah, even the mom was kind of like, she saw some sympathy in the situation. And the yeah. dad was like, nah. <laughs> like, yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> the dad was upset. I think the mother realized, like, she just wants to see her little sister. Right. Yeah. It's a sad movie. I mean, Jesus Christ. We've been. <laughs> it's a sad movie. Dude, we did Pig last week. And then we did, I think, I'm thinking of ending things with the week before. Like, I'm getting, I'm getting burned down in these sad movies, dude. <laughs> I don't even know if I could call it. I'm thinking of anything sad. That movie was just utterly confusing. It was. Yeah, dude. We <laughs> we go into it, though. I, I got to say, like, I, I thought the same thing going into that. But then my co-host, like, broke it down. And I was like, huh, you know, I don't know. So if you if you are confused by that, listen to our podcast. He does break it down in a way that made me completely rethink my way of, of thinking about that movie while we were talking about it. I read an article that Charlie Kaufman uh wrote about the movie and then i read it and it made me like the movie more and then i told my wife that because we both watch it together and she's like don't you think if you have to read an article after the movie to like it that you probably shouldn't really <laughs> like the movie and i go that's a really good point <laughs> <laughs> yeah i could see that it just made me think about it in a way i didn't i guess upon initial yeah viewing. yeah and um, i eternal sunshine is one of my favorite movies ever and he, oh, yeah. wrote, he wrote that movie the guy who directed i'm thinking right. of things so i was my expectations of that movie were utterly insanely high i was like i cannot wait for this movie and i read the, the article saying that the book explains it a lot better than the movie did and i was like then why wouldn't you have done that why do you have to make it to this weird mystery box where you have to kind of piece things together outside of the movie because yeah. i'm all about movies that are confusing and oh, then yeah. you have to really pay attention to get all the pieces or, you know, like, oh, I need to rewatch this like three times and you get more out of that. Like, I love movies like that. Yeah. But I was like, this movie just seemed a very, very pretentious to me, <laughs> <laughs> which I use that term lightly. Did you like it, Sean? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I posted on Twitter. <laughs> no. I, I didn't review that movie. It was Alec and Eric did it. And uh, people commented on my Twitter saying it was the worst movie like one of the worst movies they've seen. That's ridiculous. Yeah, Come on. like, dude, I I saw Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving, and that's the worst movie I've ever seen. Whoa, <laughs> we covered that too. Yeah. Literally, so bad. Like, I get it; it's a B horror movie, but the acting—that's when this is like. It's so funny. Like, uh, we were talking about Scream before we record the new Scream, and some people are like the acting in that movie is bad, and I'm like. No, it wasn't. I was like, you want to see bad acting? I watched Thanksgiving. That's bad acting. And I was like, just because some lines seemed corny to you or something, doesn't mean the acting. 
is bad. Like, I, I don't know. It's like people said the same thing about Eternals. Like, the acting is bad in Eternals. And I'm like, are you insane? I was like, that cast was utterly ridiculous. Oh, like, you know what like they the, should do? And I was like, I, I don't, I was like, I don't get how that's bad acting. But, Dude, a good YouTube show would be to take the worst delivered lines in movies and then give it to like, <laughs> Like Meryl Streep and Leonardo DiCaprio, uh-huh. and like have them deliver the exact same lines and see if it's even possible. Could this line be delivered well? I don't think so because there's some movies that just have really bad lines or really yeah. bad lines and bad direction, right? Which right. you can't really fix that because there's tons of movies where they have amazing actors, like even like Venom Let There Be Carnage, for example. Woody Harrelson's an amazing actor in that movie. I think he is like one of the worst I've ever seen. Just because he he seems like he's in a different movie, and it's not like it's not even bad acting. It's just his lines are bad. It, yeah, like, I saw Carnage at the gym. They play. They my gym has like a cinema room where there's like cardio equipment in. It's like a what gym is this? It's called the Edge. <laughs> I don't know what size screen it is, but it's like at least four of my TVs, and I have a seventy-five inch. So I went on the treadmill to do my walk, and like Venom had, or the new Carnage had just started, and I was like, I haven't seen this yet, so I'm gonna literally walk for an hour and a half and watch this. <laughs> yeah, this is it's a perfect movie for that because it's short. Yeah, like, dude, it wasn't bad. Again, I saw people on Twitter like it was destroying it. Like the first Venom was way better, and I think I think we're comparing Venom to like the Avengers, Captain America. Right. It's not meant to be one of those superhero type movies. It could be though. It could be. I thought it was good. It was fine. I like the first one better than Let There Be Carnage, but I'm also a huge Carnage and Venom. I'm a very big Venom and Carnage fan since I was a child. So the, I just, in my opinion, they did Carnage way dirty in that movie. And that's what made me end the, the it, it's so hard because it, like, it, it feels like a 2000s comic book movie. Like both movies do. And for the first one, that was fine. It's just the story made more sense. In, like the, the story in this one is kind of, I don't know. It just happens. There's no real rhyme or reason to anything. It just all happens. And like the best part of that movie is Venom, which was the best part of the first one. It's Tom Hardy is Venom, which some people also have bad things to say about. I I think I think he is very good as Eddie Brock because Venom is just a insanely weird character. And I like the weirdness of that. It's just I don't know. It felt like Tom Hardy was on acting one movie and the rest of the cast was acting for another movie. That's what that movie felt like. It was so weird. Yeah. And I was I was stoked for that movie because I know like like you said, a lot of people don't like the first Venom. And I, I it's not like I loved it, but I like I had fun watching it. And yeah, they're fun movies. Yeah. And then this one I was like, <sighs> okay, I guess. But I think it's mostly because I have such an attachment to Carnage. I was just like, they did my boy dirty, man. They really did. I mean, the first one was <laughs> definitely better. No, no doubt about that. Yeah, but uh, certainly back to I'm thinking of ending things. There's no way it's the worst movie. Like <laughs> I, I didn't like it, but it was very well made. The acting is incredible. I just wish they made the pieces within the movie make more sense. Like you, you it ends and you're like, I don't even know what just happened in that whole movie, and not in like a good way. You're just like, literally, what <laughs> happened? Can you someone explain to me what happened? That's like the way you feel. <laughs> you know, it's like it I is. don't know what I just watched. You know, and that's fine. Like I found it very interesting to like watch until the end when they didn't really resolve anything it just kind of ends in like the craziest wonkiest ending ever and you're like yeah, yeah. okay okay cool <laughs> yeah i would never say it's the worst movie i've ever seen that's ridiculous if you're interested go back and listen to our episode because i i will I, say I want to now yeah <laughs> eric he did break it down i felt the same way you did right now and then by the end of it i was like whoa oh my god so who knows who knows <laughs> who, knows, who knows but justin what do, what do you say uh 
we do our ratings and wrap this bad boy up. Yeah, so uh, Sean, I'm an IMDb review person, and they gave it a 7.2. Uh, Sean, what do you what do you think out of 10? Uh, I would say like a seven and a half or an eight. Like it was it was like a really cool movie. It's not like it was amazingly groundbreaking or like I loved it, but everything that happened, I was like, this is cool. Like I didn't. I would probably watch it again if someone was like, "Hey, do you want to watch this movie?" I'd probably be like, "Yeah," you know. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's not like I'm dying to rewatch it. But it was there was nothing I really didn't like about it. It, it was it was a solid movie. Good job, yeah. Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Alec, what do you think? Yeah, I'm gonna go with the six point five. It, it it's well acted. Wow. You know, I don't ever need to see it again. If anybody's like, "Oh, have you seen anything good lately?" I'm not gonna immediately think of this. But I thought the acting was really good. Plot had a couple things that I thought were. I don't know. Need a little more explanation, but overall, fine movie. Not amazing. Not bad. Just, just yeah, it's fine. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a seven point five. I would recommend you see it if you haven't. Definitely in terms of Netflix original movies, on the better end of the scale, just because there's been some trash from Netflix lately. Sandra Bullock did great. Vincent Nafrio, John Berthold, all the all the big hitters of the movie did great, and just a, a good deep story about. How this woman spent her whole life in jail, basically, for her little sister, and also the struggles that uh, people endure out of jail. All yeah. right, cool. Oh, <laughs> before we end, I should have done it at the beginning. Sean, do you want to tell people where they can find all your goodness at? Oh, yes. Thank you. Yeah, you can just search Metalcore Nerds every on any podcasting platform on YouTube as well. I put up a video version of the podcast, too, if you want to stare at me and whoever's on the show with me just talk for an hour. <laughs> it's up to you if you want to. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it. Um, you can go to metalcornerds.com where all the links are there on social media. It's all at Metalcore Nerds. And it's basically a podcast that combines the heavy music world and pop culture. Usually I bring someone in from the heavy music space and we talk about pop culture. Right now we're doing a Book of Boba Fett after show. That uh, episode has been dropping every Monday. And coming up next is Moon Knight, I guess. I, I, I'll probably do an episode in the in-between about Peacemaker because I think that'll wrap up around the same time as book of boba fett i think one week after it'll i think that's the time how the timing goes so i might just do like a season overwatch of peacemaker because i don't want to do two after shows at once it's too much for my brain to handle because uh, i basically <laughs> yeah. basically recap the whole episode and, and break everything down with these drags and stuff so they're uh pretty in-depth episodes <laughs> uh, damn i'll have to check your guys boba fett ones out yeah we, we've also been doing those so i'd like to see what we're missing and <laughs> what you guys are picking up on that i like that that's cool thank you do you guys do mostly tv shows I do movies too. We do full movie spoiler talks. Uh, we did a team up with a bunch of podcasts for Spider-Man No Way Home, but we did a Let There Be Carnage one. We did an Eternals one, uh, Black Widow, pretty much all the big Marvel or DC movies. Mm. Uh, I even did one for Dune too. So it's pretty much any movie that I really liked. That's kind of like a tentpole movie. I do do a section where we talk about what I've been watching. So we'll go over what we've been watching the week. If there's any new movies we watched and things like that. And mm. then kind of go into it. We'll be doing a scream non-spoiler breakdown because I don't want to. I mean, it just came out, so I don't want to fully talk about everything yet. But before we go into Boba Fett, we're going to uh, Chris from the Geek Peak is, is doing the Boba Fett show with me. And we'll be talking non-spoiler scream stuff and then go into Boba Fett. So it's like that's mm. what the show has been like half what we've been watching and kind of recommendations for stuff that maybe people didn't haven't heard of watching TV wise or something. And then we'll go into the, the breakdown. Nice. nice. Yeah. Huh. All right. Well, Justin, uh, I don't know. You want to want to get us out of here? Why don't you end the show, Justin? Yeah, I'm just going to recap on what I said in the beginning. 
Uh, if you're listening to this and you want to reach out to me on Twitter with some new newish movies we haven't reviewed yet and you want to pick one to come on, go ahead and feel free. If not, I'm going to be reaching out to people and offering the same. Yeah, go check out Sean's Metal Core Nerds and thanks for listening. Woo. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.